1: Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit mfm.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
0: Oh, oh I've just reformulated out of dust. Oh, Bell, Bell, Bell! You remember when we were when we had a podcast called "Panel to the Screen." I do.
1: I I, I very much do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then I was, so I was there, I was podcasting and then all of a sudden, you know, I just, I turned to dust and then I came back right now and this is a terrible, this this isn't going to (laughs) work.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? It's okay because I'm inevitable.
0: talking to panel to screen. I'm Bo. And I'm Inevitable. Oh, Inevitable. Welcome to Avengers End Bell. <laughs> 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 yeah, Panel to Screen baby. The most unnecessary show on the internet is back. That's right. It's two guys talking about movies, talking about comic books, talking about comic book movies. And today, tonight, this eve, we are talking about the largest culmination of a cinematic experience the comic book movie industry has ever seen in many respects it was all leading up to this the end game bell we are super late on this review but even still i still think we should go ahead and put it out there for like the two people in the entire planet that hasn't seen this movie yet spoilers yes spoilers 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 Spoilers! That's right. Here there be spoilers and ye been warned. Okay, so we're talking about Avengers uh, in-game here on this uh, lovely episode of Panel to Screen. But before we do that, there is one other thing that we want to talk to you guys about. So as you know, those of you who are listening right now, uh, we have been putting out Panel to Screen on the Flash TV Talk feed. And the reason why is because, you know, Panel to Screen and Flash TV Talk, they've, they've essentially merged into one entity uh, for, for all intents and purposes. You know, we got hacked a while back, and that has created all kinds of problems for us. But I'm proud to say that we are back on our feet. Things are coming together, but with the things coming together, so too do our expenses. Here's the deal, y'all. We have got a Patreon account, patreon.com/slash TV Talk. And I know everybody's got a Patreon account. You're supporting 30 different podcasts. I understand this. And let me just tell you this right out the gate. We're not going to try to beg you or shake you down for cash or anything like that. But please, I'm begging you, please. <laughs> <laughs> we we honestly need your support to uh, to help make this show happen. We've updated our Patreon account with uh, some some actual rewards. <laughs> you know, we, we set this thing up a couple years ago, and thank thankfully, the patrons who've been supporting us, we would not have been able to do the show for the last two seasons without the support of our patrons. And we've now gotten to the point going into next season that we're not going to be able to move forward with Flash TV Talk without your support. All the details are on our uh, Patreon account at patreon.com slash Talk. Look, we only need like, you know, a handful of y'all to just donate like a buck per episode and that'll actually get us to where we need to be. But there's a lot of great rewards on there. There's a lot of great goals. We'll talk more about them as we kind of roll out a couple of episodes over the, the over the hiatus here. But basically, head over there, patreon.com slash TV talk. Uh, and yeah, we'll talk to you more about that a little bit later. Bell, we got to talk about this show. Uh, we got to talk about this movie rather because Thanos has been destroyed Thor went for the head. It all came to this. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay.
0: So with a movie this size, I feel like there is no other way to really approach it than the way that we approach most things. And that's kind of through the the the, the characters. And there's so many characters, we're not going to get to all of them, but I want to kind of take a few characters, look at their arcs, not just in this movie, but like holistically throughout the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe and kind of what they mean in this movie. But I guess before we even do that, now, what did you think of this? Like overall, what was your, did, did your, were your expectations high? Like where, where were you going in? Where were you coming out? So it's so weird because
1: like when I think of, uh, like I've seen infinity war multiple, multiple times uh, and I saw in game twice in theaters and I saw infinity war two or three times in theaters. And it, to me, it's, 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 it's weird because I kind of have to like, I feel like they, they deserve to be this one five hour long Epic. Your five and a half mm. hour long epic. Uh and, and so I there are parts of Endgame that I I mean I I enjoyed in game, first all, Let me just say that. I thought it was really good. Uh I, I did enjoy it. Um there were uh, a bunch of things that you know we've been wanting to see in the MCU happen and and they all happened in Endgame. And I don't know if that makes me enjoy it more or enjoy it less, if that makes sense. Uh there I, I think I still like Infinity War better than uh than Endgame um, because of those things where it's, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, it's the culmination of everything. Right. Mm. Um, and, and so there's a lot of things that we were expecting to see and a lot of things, you know, that we wanted to happen. And a lot of those things did happen. We did see a lot of those things, uh, which is good. But, uh, I, I think like as a, as a movie overall, I enjoyed infinity war better. Like Endgame game was so great. It hit all of those you know, nerdy nostalgia things and, and like all those expectations that I had and it did all those things. I think, I think it was great because of that. But like from, from like a movie standpoint, I think infinity war was a better movie uh, than Endgame. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that like Endgame game was bad. Like I, I, I did, I really enjoyed it, but uh, I, I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. it's I, 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 interesting I, I, to me.
0: So I, all right. All right. I mean, no, infinity war is excellent. I too have seen it multiple times. Uh, it is one of those movies you can put on and watch again and again and again and again uh, and and that's I mean there is there's something in there for everybody too just because you do have so many different plot lines that were so well woven together. In Infinity War, and in fact, many times when I've actually kind of typed in thinking about Endgame, I end up calling it Infinity War. <laughs> well, you did
1: that this morning, actually, when you were uh, <laughs> you were saying, "Hey, you want to record the Infinity War podcast tonight?" And I'm like,
0: "Did didn't we do that?" <laughs> you know, inter- interestingly enough, as I was setting up this recording, I typed in, you know, panel the screen Infinity War, and it came back file already exists. And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I realized I'd I'd done it again. But no, you're right. I mean, this is a continuation of that story. But it's not just that movie. I mean, to me, they are very different films, you know? Yeah. and so Yeah, it, I can see that. This does very much stand on its own two feet. Infinity War, I think I saw it in theaters twice. I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters twice. This movie right here I saw it in three times, and I am planning on going back to the re-release to see it a fourth time.
1: I want to go see the re-release as well.
0: Yeah, I and mean, you know, it's funny because as we're putting this out, by the time people are listening to this, the re-release will already be out there. Uh, And, you know, so there's been a lot of talk about this re-release, about there being additional footage, although something it's just kind of a tribute to Stan Lee, something it's deleted scene, something it's setting up Spider-Man Homecoming. Regardless, I doubt it's going to be much more than just a little cherry, so to speak, on top of this entire Sunday. So I, I'm not anticipating there's going to be anything groundbreaking in the additional footage. And honestly, they can re-release it without any additional footage, and I would still go see it again. I loved <laughs> this movie, man. They, I, my expectations were high, and somehow they blew them out of the water. Even still, excellent. That's very high praise. I think so, man. Like this was, it was a blast of a movie, and it didn't it it what's the it didn't talk down to the audience. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't presume that we're idiots. They presumed that we love these characters, these arcs, we know the history. And even for those that don't, they're still getting the, you know, the, the plethora of amazing stuff that's going on at the screen and everybody can kind of get behind it, even if you're not like super nerding out on the 20 plus movies that came before. You know what I mean? Like they, they really kind of made this for us in a beautiful way.
1: Yeah, you know, there's de- that. That's the kind of stuff I was talking about. You know, there, there's a bunch of things, uh, you know. And again, we did the spoiler warning earlier, but like cap lifting the hammer—that's something that I've been wanting to see for years. And they finally did it, and it was mm. great. And it was a perfect moment in the film. Avengers Assemble. You know, that was something that we've been waiting for for a long time. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Like all of these things that just culminated in this film, and 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 like that was uh uh it, it wasn't a detraction. Uh, like I thought it might be. But uh, but yeah, they they really do.
0: You hate well, it they, when they give you fan service moments, and that's all this movie was. I was actually watching it, wondering, does Bell hate how they're like giving us everything we ever wanted? Because you've been no, jaded I, I, in your old age, sir.
1: I I, I don't necessarily hate fan service moments. I, I I I like the the fan service moments. You hate
0: fan service. moments. I do. I hate
1: fan service moments. <laughs> but like. <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those things where uh if they work narratively then that's great but if they sacrifice story in order to like squeeze in fan servicey stuff then i don't i don't appreciate that and i don't feel like these were were you know shoved in there and whatnot uh they didn't feel unnatural they didn't feel um uh fan servicey honestly even though that's exactly what they were you know uh yeah, it's but there. You were saying about like how they they gave a lot of you know respect and whatnot to the to the. Uh, they didn't d- talk down to the audience, and they gave a lot of respect to the characters and stuff. And and I, I agree with that. Uh, for the for the most part, with the original Avengers, Uh some of the some of the newer people were kind of, sort of shoehorned in there. It seemed.
0: Uh wait. Who are you talking about?
1: Uh, Captain Marvel, specifically.
0: Oh well, I mean, like she wasn't really in the movie though
1: my point exactly.
0: (laughs) So she wasn't really shoehorned in per se. Like, you know, she was there. Like the funny thing is I remember walking out of infinity war and, you know, some folks were like, Oh, so, you know, captain Marvel's going to MacGuffin, you know, this entire scenario. And I was like, I I don't think that's the case. I don't think that she's going to be this like magic bullet. I think she's going to show up and bring Tony Stark back to Earth. I've been saying that since the moment I walked out of the theater on Infinity War, and of course, that's basically <laughs> all she does yeah. in the movie. Although she did yeah. have some pretty amazing uh, uh, action sequences there at the the tail end.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, though, right? It's like she's this extremely powerful character, but this is a movie about the original Avengers. Yeah, and so it's 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 hard to consolidate that. I guess I don't know, but like I just I felt like Captain Marvel. Could have been utilized better,
0: maybe? I don't think given how late in the game she came in, I really don't think she could have been. Not without making this like like part of trying to set up her character more. Because we never really I mean, I know we haven't gotten to our Captain Marvel review yet, or at least <laughs> on the feed. But I mean, like, suffice to say, since they since her movie was really about her not knowing who she was, the audience kind of walks out of that movie not really knowing who she was and i just don't yeah. think that that they didn't have the they didn't have the time space in this film to do it and i thought for what for the way they used her i thought was actually pretty pretty solid it was very utility but i mean i think at this stage in the game that's about as much as you're going to get from captain marvel
1: well there, there, a couple things specifically was like you know uh, the only way that we knew that she was back on earth was uh the coda at the end of infinity war that's right yep and so that was kind of weird, um, no, no, because no, not Infinity
0: War. That wasn't that sorry. the code at the end of uh, Captain Marvel.
1: Was it? The, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was the code at the end of Captain Marvel. So, so basically, what that's telling me that if you haven't seen Captain Marvel, or if you did see Captain Marvel but didn't stay for the cookie, then like I, I kind of forgot for a second. I was like, okay, well, hold on, wait, where was Carol? And like, I was trying to remember what movie it, it the scene it was where right. she came back and that they're looking at the pager and stuff like that and trying to figure it out. Um, I fully expected that to be a scene in Endgame.
0: game. Now I, I hear you, but at the, at the same time, I actually appreciated the fact that they didn't coddle the audience that they, that, you know, like we don't necessarily, it's the same thing. If you remember when infinity war opens up, you know, Xandar got destroyed and like all of Th- like half of Thor's people are dead. We never saw this battle and, and Thanos is just there. So if yeah. you, without seeing the last scene of, you know, the, the code at the end of, ragnarok then you're kind of like wait wh- what 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 happened what who's 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 all this now you know what i mean so i mean like i that doesn't bother me that's pretty par for the course for marvel but since you since you brought up the the i don't want to say lesser characters but the non big six characters let, let's cram a few more in here before we dive into the actual you know the the main team uh yeah. Uh, Paul Rudd Ant-Man who knew that he was going to end up having such a significant role in all of this if not for the rats that sent him out of the quantum realm <laughs> we would all be dusted still today
1: yes that was pretty neat i see that that's the thing like i thought they handled uh, Ant-Man really well yeah he is a minor you know accessory character but uh the way they brought him in the way they utilized him yeah. there there weren't parts of the movie cuz for with Captain Marvel there were parts of the movie where I was kind of like wait where'd she go and like why isn't she helping here and she does give an explanation you know she says that yeah the the universe doesn't have the avengers and so i gotta go police the universe and i'm like all right that's cool but uh i i felt like uh, the way they introduced ant-man and the way that they uh included him in the story just kind of felt better
0: well yeah he's got two movies behind him so i mean like we already know who he is let me say this about paul rudd because you know, I think I think I've been on record as not being the, the biggest fan of the Ant-Man films in particular. And, you know, I, I don't like Paul Rudd to the extent that everybody else apparently seems to like Paul Rudd. He did a fantastic job in this movie, man. Like when
1: he always does a fantastic job, No,
0: man, he touched he, he tapped into something that I have never seen before from him. And like when he sees his daughter for the first time after he's wrestling through all these complex emotions of like thinking that you know, she's potentially dead, but no, wait, I'm supposed to be dead. No wait, But that means she's alive, but oh my gosh, she's older. So she's alive. I'm happy, but oh, I missed five years of her life. Like this, there's all of these complex emotions that you get in the scene of silence as he, they're looking at each other's faces. I, I tear up every single time that I saw that scene, man, it was powerful and I did not expect that caliber of a scene from Paul Rudd.
1: Well, that's because you underestimated, uh, Tane, and and you don't know who I'm talking about because you've probably never seen the Celery Man video. I, I, uh, I have not. I have not <laughs> Just pro tip: uh, if anybody is interested in Paul Rudd and like him, type in Paul Rudd Celery Man into YouTube and watch that video. It's really weird, but it's like I don't know. I I, I enjoy it.
0: <laughs> Don Cheadle back again as a War Machine. You know he ends up having kind of a a nice little moment you know, when they, when they pair off all the team, you know, in, into these, uh, in, during the time heist and everything, it's really, you get some interesting dynamics across the board, but having war machine and Nebula together and them kind of recognizing this kind of odd kindred spirit and that they both have been broken. Like life has kind of hit them hard, but you know, I think he, uh, he even says, you know, Hey, we work with what we got. And so there's, I don't know. I thought it was kind of a nice little, uh, connection between him and, and, and nebula but then also rocket as well because all three of these characters to some extent are kind of cyborgs right yeah, cybernetically enhanced yeah i mean Nebula I, more so than the other two for sure i would yes. say that
1: nebula is a straight up cyborg yeah, yeah uh, fair point if you're if you're more machine now than man i think uh <laughs> i think you're you're probably in the cyborg territory whereas if you're cybernetically augmented i think that's you know cybernetically aug- augmented
0: yeah uh, I do, by the way, love that rocket is kind of the, the main guardian of the galaxy that got left behind as opposed to, um, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is great. Nothing, nothing wrong with uh star Lord, but I think it's such an interesting twist that it would be rocket that they would use to kind of represent the team rocket, by the way, my favorite guardian. And so, um, enjoyed every single scene that he was in.
1: Uh, let's see. Well, you want to talk about performances? Like I always had to talk about rocket. Anytime he's in a Marvel movie, because, you know, the, a, a lot of times you'll see like uh, uh, animated pictures or, you know, CGI characters uh, voiced by other uh, other actors. Yeah. And a lot of times, like when you hear their voice, you can. OK, like, 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 for example, Seth Rogen, pretty much anytime you, you hear his voice, you know, it's Seth Rogen uh, with Bradley Cooper and Rocket Raccoon. I, I like I don't ever think Bradley Cooper when I hear Rocket. Like, I n- like it never, I don't know, it, it, it's it's just so crazy how, like, you know, whatever voice that he made, like, there's there's no Bradley Cooper in it. It's Rocket Raccoon. And yeah. I just think that's, I think that's phenomenal.
0: Huh. No, yeah, you're right. And it's actually, it's always fun. I don't know if you've ever seen some of these interviews, but Bradley Cooper gets so hyped about playing Rocket Ra- Raccoon. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, despite the fact he's a massive movie star, like, when he sees Rocket Raccoon, he gets, he gets, it's like, super hyped for that character. <laughs> that's cool. All right so then you also have Okoye who for the last 5 years has been an avenger which kind of feels a little off to me if I'm being totally honest. You, you figure she probably would be more concerned with Wakanda. I think she would be more concerned about Wakanda. She's the head of the Dora Milaje. Now granted they have no, you know, their their king died and and uh, uh Shuri as well. So technically speaking the royal family's been wiped out so there's a lot of questions about what's going on in Wakanda if maybe M'Baku is now kind of ruling or if the uh, queen regent has kind of stepped up or, or where that all kind of falls into place. There's a lot of question marks there, but regardless there's a, there there's enough in kind of the political upheaval that is Wakanda trying to kind of figure out how to move forward that I would imagine that her concerns would be far more Wakanda based than, you know, working on a team of Avengers. Now, granted, theoretically she could just be checking in with the team. And so it's kind of like, you know, a way to have kind of eyes on the rest of the world, so to speak from Wakanda. She's kind of, uh, perhaps helping with the power transition that's been occurring over the last five years or something of that nature. But
1: that was my take is that she, yeah, she's reporting to the Avengers and she's talking to them because they're the only thing that the earth has left. Right. And so she might be in Wakanda, like dealing with Wakanda stuff, but she's checking in with, uh, uh, you know, with Black Widow to be like, hey, you know, here's what's going on in my part of the world.
0: Okay. And I mean-
1: and also, also, we, we don't know how the SNAP affected populations, right? It wasn't like 50% of the population of the United States is gone. 50% of the population of Europe is gone. Like, it, it, you know, it, it could be that like maybe 90% of the population of Wakanda was removed. Uh, and, you know, because like taking out uh, the pop like it, removing the population of China and India, that's like what, 3 billion people?
0: Yeah, but it's that, all—that's
1: almost half the population, right there.
0: Right, right, right. But you know, it's all—it's all scattered and and you know throughout the the planet and the universe and such. I mean, you could argue the same thing as like, well, you know, if half the half the planets in the universe were all wiped out, then you know, there's. Earth is good. Well, I,
1: I would assume, yeah. Well, I, I would assume that that Thanos was was on it on a planetary scale. Like he was yeah. saying, half of this, like each planet's population gets
0: removed. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's it's interesting. You know, I, I would have loved kind of more of an explanation there, and I look forward to seeing how, you know, Kugler, what Kugler's going to do in in Black Panther two, given that you have a returning monarch who's been missing for five years. So. Uh, and and kind of with with all the various tribes and how that's been established there's a lot of interesting questions that i hope they dive into there Uh, in in a way that i have a pretty pretty sure that a lot of marvel movies are not gonna like they're just gonna be like yeah don't worry about that whole five-year gap where younger siblings are now older siblings and people have moved on but now their loved ones are back don't 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 even worry about that point is everybody's back and everybody's cool and groovy i have a feeling that like Wakanda, like because that nation and the political structures are all very tied into the character of Black Panther. I'm looking forward to and hoping that Black Panther Two will explore some of that more so than I'm expecting anybody else to. Um, But
1: anyway, I think it's the best. It's the best place to explore it. I think you're right.
0: Well, (laughs) you know, Far From Home. I will say this, man. I'm looking forward to seeing how Far From Home just dusts over the fact that all these kids are picking up where they left off five years ago
1: right like that's that's the thing that's going to be interesting to me as well is is like okay so are they going to talk about how like every one of the main characters got dusted and so they're all going back but like everyone else in their class who didn't get dusted would now not be in their class like did flash get dusted is flash older now like (laughs) are, are they are they in the same classes with people five years they're younger
0: Exactly. I don't know, it's, it's, it's all going to be, I cannot wait to see. Yeah. I, I guarantee it's going to be like, you know, uh, you know, Hannibal Burgess just showing up on a, on a screen <laughs> saying like, yeah, well I'm pretty sure y'all were supposed to graduate five years ago, but now we're going on this trip or <laughs> something. <Sorry. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So there you go. Those are kind of uh, you know, your, your core, um, non your, I guess not your core team per se, but, but the, the non original six, but man, we got to talk about the original Sakes, because really, this is what this movie is about. It is kind of the conclusion of their stories uh, in many cases. Um, let's start with the most important Avenger that everybody cares about. And everybody always wants to talk about Hawkeye.
1: Dude, the snap hit Hawkeye hard,
0: hard, man. It hit all of us hard. Like, What a brilliant way to start this movie on him and his family.
1: Oh yeah. Like that was, that was Ooh. clutch. Really, 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 really well done.
0: I'm getting chills right now. even just remembering it. I mean, just a terrifying feeling of a parent turning around and your kid's missing, but then to like exponentially grow that and your entire family's missing. And then you hear the explosions all around him as if like, perhaps even like in the distance planes are falling out of the sky. Like, like there's it's, it's such a perfect, like soft apocalyptic moment. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, you know, fire and brimstone raining down. It's not the planet erupting or anything like that. It's just the quietness of like, just death and emptiness and like the void coming to consume his world.
1: And that's where
0: we begin this movie. It's fantastic.
1: And it gives it just him the the perfect motivation for the decisions that he makes, you know, like his whole family is snapped and they were innocents. Right. And then he goes and he's killing cartel members. He's killing Yakuza members. Like he's killing criminals that survived the snap as, you know, vengeance for his innocent family that was taken from him. And like, I just thought that was really, really interesting and a a good choice there for them to do. Uh, That was, that was really neat.
0: It's you know, Hawkeye he's one of those characters that has never really gotten too much of development. Um, especially for being in the series as long as he has. Actually him and War Machine are kind of in that that same uh same grouping. They're just kind of they're just kind of there. We know who they are, we know their skill set, they they uh they quip, as <laughs> all Marvel yeah. characters must. But like they've never had a ton of development beyond with Hawkeye like, oh, surprise, he has a family. And then <laughs> But like giving somebody a family is not necessarily developing their character. And I think that's one of the reasons why, more so than the fact that he doesn't have any powers or anything like that, that he's always kind of been in the background. You know, like he got development in this movie, but I would say overall, like it's not like Endgame is the culmination of who his character has been. Unless I'm missing something. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, A lot of the
1: stuff that they did with him was in age of Ultron. Uh, You know, that's again where they introduce his family and they uh, kind of uh, his wife specifically sort of uh, introduces the notion that he is the heart of the team, Hmm. you know? And, um, and I I guess his, his little pep talk that he gives to Scarlet, Witch kind of show his, his sort of role as the, uh, whereas, you know, cap is the leader and Tony's the, the financier, uh, he's the heart, right. And, and cause he's just a normal guy and he's doing what he's doing to protect the world. Uh, but you know, you're right. It, it's a pretty, it's a pretty lame, uh, characterization of him and it doesn't really, uh, it's not very deep. <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's very, very, very shallow.
0: I mean, but, you, could pull, you could pull from that, right? So if, if that's the case, right, if, if we have been led to believe, or if we are supposed to see Hawkeye as the heart of the team, we begin in game on a broken heart. Right. Like we see yeah. his world crumbling around him. And just like the the hopes of the team as a whole have been dashed, here it's represented in this kind of one character, uh, and his whole world coming down. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It was cool seeing him rocking the Ronin gear. And uh, you know, I, I do like where they took his character. He did get, like I said, he did get development in this particular one so you know i'll grant him that i'll grant him that uh let's talk about the hulk man you want to talk about some a great arc for a character from when we were first introduced to him and uh, let me ask you this bill when, when you think of the hulk in the mcu where do you feel like we were first introduced to him
1: uh well we were first introduced to him in the incredible hulk
0: yeah but Starring do, you, Edward do, you, Norton. do you feel like that's <laughs> where we really were introduced to him no,
1: I feel like we were mainly introduced to him in the Avengers.
0: See, I feel the exact same way. Eric Norton and Mark Ruffalo Edward brought Norton. totally, yeah, what I say?
1: You said Eric Norton.
0: Yeah, Eric er, er, uh Ed, Edward Ed, Eduardo. Ed, yeah, yeah. Ned. Ned Ned, Ned Norton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He brought such a different energy and and like characterization of Bruce Banner and 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 the Hulk compared to what ruffalo did that it's really hard to see a bridge like i know that it's canonical i know the events in that movie are canonical and i love a lot of what was set up especially with uh seeing the abomination fight, or i guess the pre-abomination when he's kind of got the super soldier serum uh fighting the the hulk and kind of almost seeing like oh this is what it would be like if captain america was fighting the hulk like what 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 an amazing concept that that might be yeah. So you know they did some cool stuff there and it's a great movie but it is it if we look at the arc that we have seen Bruce on, it really does kind of pick up in the beginning of the Avengers, where we see him, he's trying to lay low, uh, he's been trying to find a cure. Um, you know, he he doesn't want life. And then we see as Natasha walks through the door, life kind of walks through the door, and they end up having this unique chemistry that it's expounded on. And uh, Age of Ultron, and and it's this chemistry that is doomed to fail. Like no matter uh, the fact that he is even close to her, puts her and everybody else at risk. Even though they've tried to kind of combat that with her being the thing that keeps him grounded, he goes off into space to run away, and 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 kind of dives completely into the Hulk because B- like Banner can't deal. Right, like this there's, this. There's, there's this separation of the characters, and so when we go back from Ragnarok into Infinity War, we get a banner and a Hulk that are completely separate from one another in all respects. Not not physically per se, but they're mentally separated, and then to have them really kind of come together in such a beautiful way with the Professor Hulk, uh, Smart Hulk, whatever you want to call him. I thought was a great culmination of his character. And ultimately oh, yeah. with him being the one that does the snap, the callback to it producing gamma radiation all the way back in the Avengers. The very reason he was brought on the team is because the Tesseract was putting off gamma radiation. The, the knowledge, the statement, it's almost like I was made for this, like this reality that, that his entire life of torture as the incredible Hulk has been leading to this one moment so that the monster was not the monster, but the hero all along. Fantastic job in the way they established his character and brought him through all the way from Avengers into Endgame. That's just my thoughts. What do you, what do you think, Bell? What yeah, do you think
1: no, be? no, I, I I really liked it because it's one of those things where he's always been afraid of the Hulk. He's always been worried, you know, about what's, what kind of, you know, like for example, in, in, in Age of Ultron, he's like, you know, we, we can't get together. He's like, you know, we can't because I, I'm assuming he's worried that if they had relations that he would Hulk out or
0: something. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I mean, that was what was kind of implied in the incredible Hulk. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but yeah, he's always been scared of it. And like, he's always fled, right? Like he, he ran away at the end of age of Ultron, uh, you know, Hulk ran away after encountering Thanos, uh, and finally banner decided to stop running away and went to the gamma lab and like really dug in and, and, uh, approached it from a, from a way he had never approached it before, as opposed to finding a cure for it. He embraced it, which I think was the, the key to to his success and, and, uh, you know, becoming professor Hulk, you know? And, and, and I thought that was really, uh, really cool. I, I was, that was, that was one of the cool things that I, I was really excited to see in that movie was this professor Hulk. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we all knew it was coming. I mean, it was yeah. one of those things that was spoiled pretty early on, but I, I was shocked at how well the CGI was. I know you're very like a strong critique of CGI, but how did you feel with the way that like Professor Hulk came off?
1: I thought Professor Hulk came off good. Like there are other Marvel movies where uh, either it's been in certain D-age shots, things look bad. Like some of of, uh, uh, Michael Douglas's uh, D-age shots kind of grated on me. A little bit of uh, Sam Jackson and, uh, and Captain Marvel were sort of eh. But I've never had a problem with the Hulk, like uh, it, except for the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk, there's some kind of meh moments. But uh, as far as uh, like Avengers and on, Hulk's been been pretty good. Like it's yeah. it's been a it's been really convincing, uh, especially Professor Hulk and and Thanos too. Like Thanos was groundbreaking uh, what they did with Josh Brolin, and they applied all that stuff to Professor Hulk. You know, both of them were wearing mocap suits with the the facial recognition stuff, and uh, yeah, it just worked. It worked really well.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad that Ruffalo was able to stay with the character long enough so that he could actually like play the Hulk.
1: Yeah, that was that was a really uh nice nice little send-off I guess for him. He's like you you've been this dude and then you're CGI'd, but now you get to be the actual CGI dude.
0: Well, and so. I know that a lot of the actors don't like when they when their characters are CGI, like on the one hand it's it's nice cuz you don't have to collect as much of a paycheck, but on the other hand it's not you that's on the poster, it's a it's a cartoon. And so Ruffalo's been able to really embrace that character in a way that I would argue other than um oh uh dude what played the Hulk in the TV show.
1: Oh um oh gosh. Uh, Ferrigno. Oh oh oh, oh yeah it's what I'm uh, talking about uh, Hulker. Yeah yeah yeah. I'm talking Luke about Ferrigno. Ferrigno. Like that's what I'm yeah. saying
0: like he's he's one of the the few people who have been able to actually play like really play the Hulk. Not just, yeah. you know, not not just like play Bruce Banner but actually be able to play the Hulk. And so really, really awesome. Loved that character arc. Thought it was fantastically done. The Hulk has always spoke to me personally as just a character. And so to see him realized, especially man, think about freaking Ang Lee's Hulk. Think about walking out of the film (laughs) that <laughs> was angley's hulk all the hype we had going in all the disappointment we had going out and, and I know there's apologists out there for that movie but come we on we did a
1: gross colored retrospective on it
0: but <laughs> I, I, I remember <laughs> it hurt it hurt so bad uh but no yeah so I mean like but to go from there to here and to actually get a fully realized hulk and and uh, character arc form fantastic uh you know this is a character who has been shaped by two different Avengers in a big way. And we're about to talk about both of them. Let's go ahead and talk about uh Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff, aka the Black Widow. Now, she um I, I was a little disappointed that we never really got like a payoff to their relationship because I feel like things were kind of left hanging. Now, a lot was kind of implied and and again, fantastic acting, you know, even when they're sitting there at the diner, and you can get you get that kind of awkward sense that's between them because he has essentially chosen uh, to not attempt a life with her he's some you know chosen kind of the hulk he he got to choose the hulk over her so to speak
1: well yeah like that that was the thing that's kind of you know tragic about that is that the only way for him to really truly find peace is to uh, is to kind of like reject the notion that he can live a normal life and so i think that's the reason why he was able to do the professor hulk thing cuz he's like i know it would be great me and natasha be awesome but i will never be at peace, and so it will ultimately fail. Maybe that's what he was thinking. Uh, because of that, so yeah, he he did he did choose the Hulk over her, and I think I think he's happier because of it. But yeah, it is sad that we never do get to see them. You know, we never have like the will they, won't they kind of. Well, I guess we do have that. We never yeah, have a payoff yeah. for
0: it. Well, and you know, it's interesting though. It, it plays into where she is in this movie. If you think back to where we were first introduced to her back in Iron Man Two. When she was kind of facilitating, she kind of started off more in that, you know, War Machine, uh, Hawkeye sense where she was more of like a utility type character. Like she was there. She's got awesome moves. She's got talents, but we don't really have much development into who she was up until Avengers. In Avengers, we start getting kind of a picture of of who she was with kind of this. uh, She was a double agent. She was a spy. She's done some things. She's got some red in her ledger that she's not proud of that gets expounded on in each subsequent movie. We see in age of Ultron flashbacks to the training. We know that she was the ability to, to have a family was taken from her as part of this training that she was going into. Uh, we know that, uh, that she, um, you know, did, did things that she did not want anybody knowing about, but then kind of gave it all to the government and was like, you know, we're going to blast out all the dirty little secrets, including mine, because I, I know who I am now, despite where I was before. But even through all this, something that has been kind of driving Natasha is kind of this lack of connection. She never had family like she never had family, even in this movie. in one of a blink and you miss it powerful moment when Red Skull says the name of her father, she acknowledges. I didn't even know his name. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't she doesn't have a family, her family growing up from what we're able to infer from flashbacks and background is that she was. She was raised as an assassin from a very young age. And so to be plugged into the Avengers for the first time really kind of establishes more than just being part of a team, more than just being part of an agency, but actually being part of a family. And, you know, regardless of whether or not, you know, she was ever involved with Captain America, who knows? Uh, But clearly there was something between her and Bruce that fell apart she had this connection with hawkeye's family and that even he was naming his son after her like you know there was this uh, it was it was almost kind of the pseudo connection family the kind of aunt nat aunt Auntie nat type of uh, relationship that she had with the kids but she always kind of felt on the outskirts and so to have her family completely ripped away from her and to kind of get to this point where she will do anything to restore this family that has done so much from her uh, I th- I thought really worked well with her character. Now that being said, I feel like they really dropped the ball here with black widow, man. Like there was no, like she died. And then that was kind of it. We kind of moved on. And then it was all, you know, morning Iron Man after the fact with like one, you know, Hawkeye and, and Scarlet, uh, Scarlet witch, like talking at the lake about her envision as if losing them is the same equivalent, which I would argue this movie doesn't believe that. And so I don't know why (laughs) this universe certainly (laughs) doesn't believe that. So why are we supposed to be led to believe that in this moment? So anyway, all that to say, I thought her arc was really well. I thought her death was, was handled very, very well in the way that it was used, but everything after her death and the way in which the team, like, I guess mourned her or recognized her or in what the way in which the movie recognized her, I felt was a total, total dropping of the ball
1: yeah after her death sure but like beforehand i thought she did you know an excellent job kind of portraying the the grief and the loss and everything that happened after the snap like you know we we always see her with with her red hair or her blonde hair and uh the last movie it was blonde and now we see it's like her, her natural red's like grown out and she's just lost uh uh the care about her appearance and just, she's, she's just lost, right? Like it's, she does a really, really good job portraying that. And I I think that uh, Scarlett Johansson did a good job kind of, you know, conveying those emotions through her character. And uh, it's, it's just extremely evident, right. On her face and on her appearance as to, uh, you know, what she's going through. Um, And it's probably because of that is, is why, you know, she decided that she had to be the one to go uh, because, you know, like you said, she didn't have a family and Hawkeye did. And it was just kind of sad when you think about it because the Avengers were her family, but you know, she looked at it like, well, yes, they're, they're my family, but he's got a real family. So I'm going to be the one to go. And, uh, it's, it's kind of sad. And especially afterwards when like the Hulk throws a bench across the lake and everybody's kind of like, Oh, and that's about it.
0: I would argue, (laughs) I would argue there's a way that they could have, like given her a stronger ending and given, I, you know, th- this is my only criticism of this movie. Cause I really, I think it's fantastic. Uh, my only criticism is the way that she, like her story was handled after she died. When, when Thanos snapped, we got a vision from the soul stone or the soul realm or whatever you want to call it of Gamora who was sacrificed for the stone. Now we know at this point that there was a deleted scene that, In in that deleted scene, Tony was supposed to see a grown-up version of his daughter, kind of letting him know everything was going to be okay. To me, it would make way more sense if we were to get, after the snap, a scene in the soul realm of Tony seeing Natasha and and having kind of that throwback of like, you know, know, did, did we do it? you know, and may be like twisting it. So not just like, what did, what, did, what did it cost everything? But what did we get back? We got back everyone or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, like having yeah. some sort of like notion to the fact that both of these Avengers sacrificed themselves to bring back everybody. It wasn't just Tony. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to take away from Tony's death, but I'm just saying like that there, there was a moment that there could have been a better handoff. And I think that really was it in the same. And it facilitates, it makes sense from what happened before. And that's my only that's my only criticism of both this movie and 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 her arc in general.
1: Yeah, that would have been kind of neat. To, Tony, he didn't have a scene in the spirit realm, right? You said he was no, going he to there's, well, there, there's yeah there's a, a
0: deleted scene. Um, so there was going to be a deleted scene, and it may be in this re release. I don't know. But, yeah, that uh,
1: that would have been the perfect place to kind of you know bring that back and be like, hey, we did it,
0: we did it, like that. That would have been beautiful. Ah, yeah. Can, Goosebumps thinking about it, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. Um, all right, man. Uh, God of Thunder, Thor, Fat Thor. Again,
1: another character who uh, very accurately de- displayed the you know uh, signs and symptoms and emotions of depression. Right? I know
0: I wasn't a big fan of the fact that that was always played for laughs. Um, as, so, as somebody who has uh, wrestled in the past with uh, obesity or trauma or um, depression-related obesity, uh, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan that that was played for for laughs. Uh, that is that essentially his trauma was played paid for uh, played for laughs. But uh, but I will say it was a great surprise to see you know uh, Thor in such a different capacity and kind of twist. Yeah. The narrative, I, on the, I, the yeah, God.
1: I, I liked it. I don't, I don't think. It, yeah, I mean, it was played for last, but I, I think it's, I think it's unfair to say that they were doing that just to make fat jokes. They, I,
0: but think, they, but they did though a lot, even at times where I felt like there was weight behind his reaction. Like even like with his, oh, mom see, look, and, yeah,
1: here you go talking about people making fat jokes. You're saying there's weight behind his reactions. Oh, come on, man. <laughs>
0: Sorry, you left me wide open for that one. <laughs> uh, wide open, belt. Wide.
1: Oh, 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 Come on.
0: <laughs> no, man. But like, you know what I mean. There were there were some moments that could have had more more, I guess, gravity behind them, especially with his mom and when he's back on Asgard. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I definitely loved it, and I love the fact that he didn't instantly become, you know, uh, yes. A, Hot thin door. Again
1: at the yeah end the i was i was super excited about that i was worried that that was gonna be the thing where it's gonna be like oh now that i'm you know uh uh got my hammer back got my mojo back i'm gonna be thin again I, and 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 the the i was reassured of that when he uh got mjolnir when he when they're in the past talking to his mom and he said he's still worthy i thought that was a really important and like powerful kind of message there because yeah. like you know even though he's big he's, time fallen so far in his own eyes he's failed so much in his own eyes he's still worthy and i think that was that was great i i really love that part uh that they had there because yeah and that's 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 the thing is you know sure he's let himself go but like that hasn't changed who he is and and the fact that he's still worthy i i I don't know i just really enjoyed that
0: yeah agreed i mean any any of the the memes with like him holding both um hammers is just epic it's just awesome yeah so really really well done Uh, and, and again, you know, a a good conclusion, I suppose, like to have him get, you know, (laughs) I don't know that he really got to a place of closure. It's interesting because he was kind of destroyed and broken down over the course of the last three films, but to have, or his specific three films, if you include Ragnarok, but to have kind of at the end, yes, they defeat Thanos, they get everybody back. And he's just kind of like, he's just like, all right, yay. Kind of almost, almost in the same way that Tony Stark was at the end of the Avengers. Like we won. Oh, hey, yay. All right. Let's go get (laughs) shawarma. I I kind of, I I kind of feel
1: like his uh, send off with Valkyrie was sort of his closure where he, that's where he realizes like he doesn't belong there. Like it's not who he is. Yeah, that's true. The fight
0: for worthiness, right? Like that's that's always kind of been at his core. And so to figure out that worthiness is really, I guess in his, his uh, uh, storyline kind of determining who who you who you are rather than who you're supposed to be.
1: Yeah. And so that's the thing, you know, he rejects the the throne and I think that's that's like his his closure, right? Cuz like he's like that's not who I am, that's not that's not what I want. And he gave it to somebody who was more worthy of it, you know, to to say that cuz I uh uh and, and and plus I just I'm super excited. For
0: the Asgardians of the Galaxy. Asgardians of the Galaxy. There we go.
1: <laughs> I'm super excited for Asgardians of the Galaxy.
0: You know, I do wonder if this is like part of like Hemsworth, his contract or something like that. He's like, all right, I'll stay. I'll stay in the universe, but I want to do comedy and I don't want to have to maintain this body.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, I mean, even still, like, I mean, he was uh, he was still jacked when they were filming. He was wearing a fat suit, but uh, he's not like three percent body fat jacked like you have to be. Right. Yeah. Which which I'm sure any any actor would love that. That's one of the reasons why uh, Hugh Jackman was. Uh, getting fed up with playing Wolverine because he was tired of cutting down to three percent body fat every time they'd film.
0: Right, so you you could definitely see it. Um, so yeah, loved that. Uh, great, great moments and everything. We'll do kind of a, a quick wrap up of great moments. Uh, we got to we got to go ahead and speed through the the big two here though. Um, Captain America, man, what a what a fantastic conclusion but. to his story. What what did you say?
1: I said what a you said what a fantastic, and I said but. Because oh. <laughs> you know it's America's
0: but. Yeah, no, no, I, I got that. I got that. I'm sorry, <laughs> Have you seen I'm the name of American monuments? And it's, you know, the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial and uh, like you know, uh, the uh, Mount Rushmore and then Cap's Ass. It's <laughs> quite funny. funny. Uh, yes, no, great. And actually having him confront himself, like just to showcase the difference of who he is now versus who he was before. And who he yeah. was before is great, but he's been through so much. And even the Boy Scout of, this universe has been able to evolve. I mean, with with, with always staying core to who he is, he was able to grow. Someone at DC take notes, please, please. Somebody is anybody taking notes?
1: You can have this, you can have
0: a core character who is the embodiment of hope, and goodness and righteousness and all that kind of good stuff, but still have him grow as a character. It's possible development can happen.
1: Uh, well, I'm not going to talk about Superman and ah, the
0: nah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not
1: even going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I was actually talking to somebody about that the other day, and uh, it just made me mad.
0: <laughs> well, um, so overall, man, uh, you know, again, we saw we saw who he was um, as a young man, just wanting to uh to do his best and do his part for uh you know to to fight the bullies man and and he went on to fight the biggest bully of them all and Thanos and you know the the scene where he's standing there when it looks like all hope is lost and yet he still straps up his shield he's ready to go back in um uh, man fantastic performance here from Chris Evans man the 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 relief on his face when the portal opens when he hears Sam's voice when he sees T'Challa like Oh, man, that dude is exhausted. He is beaten down. He was ready, man. He was ready to charge in, though. He was going to take out as many of them as he possibly could along the way. But he didn't but, say I could do this all day. He did, though. Well, his past self did. I wanted him to say
1: that to Thanos.
0: No, see, that would have been too cheesy, which is why I love that they got it out of the way early on in the movie.
1: Uh, I think that's like the ultimate time for him to say that.
0: Now he said that in Captain America. Civil, like, there's already been that throwback moment. And I think it worked better in Civil War than it would have worked here. All right. Because I don't think he could have exposed. done it all day. That's the other thing. I think he got to the point where he literally could not do this anymore.
1: <laughs> right. I think. I think that's that's why it's so powerful. Right. Is because like he he he's destroyed. Like he's beaten, and he still gets up, and he still says, "I can do this all day," even though you know he knows that he can't. Interesting. <laughs> that's Interesting. that's that's my point. That's why I think it would be perfect there.
0: Yeah. All, right. all right. All right. I mean, yeah, in, in the face own.
1: of an insurmountable foe, he still gets up. Right.
0: He does. I, he doesn't have to say the word though. He's doing. It. He's he is the living embodiment in that moment of that I could do this all day. Saying all right. it would have been superfluous. Plus, he was so far away. And if if anything, man, we learned from uh, Shazam. <laughs> the villain can't hear you when you're that far away.
1: <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Another, another panel to screen review. That's coming your way soon yeah. <laughs> in the near future. But anyway, all right, well, good. Good. Deal. So of course the, uh, the, the big conclusion of him passing off the torch to, to Sam, uh, so, you know, it's interesting. There was some, uh, some pushback to the fact that Sam got it as opposed to the winter soldier as you know, winter soldier got it first in the comics but I think the vast majority of folks kind of don't have a problem with that because there's no way you would give this particular Winter Soldier no. the role of Captain America. Absolutely not. So, uh, Sam's going to do a great job. I really look forward to seeing what they do with that, uh, and and actually the the upcoming series of uh, Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier should be. Yeah, probably. that's going to be cool. And then finally, man, uh, I am Iron Man. The the words that in many respects started it all. Uh, finished it up here. You know, I, I've already mentioned my, my wish for how they would have handled the uh, kind of the soul gym and, and post snap. But I mean, fantastic performance. Robert Downey Jr. Of course brought his a game. The, the emotion was there from the first to the last. I was connected to him with his daughter in particular, man. Like when she was first introduced, I thought we were going to end up in a scenario where he was going to have to sacrifice his daughter in order to to bring every like to save everybody, like he was going to have to re- rewind time. And I'm so glad they didn't do that.
1: Yeah, that was one thing that I thought was was really interesting. The decision to say uh, to have Tony go, no, no, keep everything the same, just bring everybody back. I thought that was that was a really neat decision because like it sets up all these different things we were talking about earlier, like with with uh, Wakanda and like the situations there. And there's this just really interesting canvas with which they can paint these stories now about what happened in the five years in between and like all of that different stuff. And so, yeah, that was, uh, I, I was kind of worried about that too. Uh, you know, Tony doing something to, you know, undo all of that five years of development between him and, and Pepper and, and and Morgan. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's super cool that they didn't just, you know, hand wave away five years of, of stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great relationship. Of course, he, he did it all to get, uh, to get Peter back. I mean, not just Peter, but that was kind of the, the, the points or the, the connective tissue for him. that was that constant reminder, seeing Peter above uh, his picture with him above the sink and, you know, and, and having that moment between the two where he gives him that hug. I, I you know, you talk about throwback lines. I I do kind of wish that when he hugged Peter, Peter would have said, Oh, we got there because back in, uh, homecoming, When Peter thinks that Tony's coming to hug him, he's like, no, I'm just getting the door, you know, we're we're not there yet. Yeah. I, I would have loved to see that kind of, uh, you know, throwback to that, but overall, you know, they got there, so it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the fact that it was Iron Man that ultimately, you know, got, got the, uh, the kill shot?
1: I thought it made sense. Um I I was sitting there thinking I was like, "Who I I didn't know if they were going to like do something with Nebula and cuz you know in the in the uh, comics it was Nebula they got the gauntlet and undid everything. Uh and for a second there like when she when Nebula kills her younger self uh and grabs the gauntlet, I was like, "Holy crap, are they going to go along with the with the with the comic version of it?" And I was like, "That just wouldn't make sense. Uh it, it's got to, you know, it's got to have something to do with the main the main Avengers." And then uh you know, once I saw all the uh the iron you know infinity gauntlet mm-hmm. i was like uh, okay <laughs> so i was wondering like if uh they were going to kill off cap uh, i was pretty sure they're going to kill off iron man didn't know how it was going to happen and then i saw the infinity gauntlet thing and i was like oh, maybe maybe that's how it'll happen. And sure enough, that's, that's what it did. Like, uh, I think Tony, like you said, you know, uh, I am Iron Man started the MCU and uh, an Iron Man as a a character and thrust it into the, the uh, forefront of popular culture, really. And not not many people knew who Iron Man was back then. Uh, And they sort of took this somewhat obscure comic book character and made him a, a cultural phenomenon. And then for them to end it with, I am Iron Man, and with Tony Stark's death, I think it's poetic. I think it works. I, I I don't I don't see another way they could have done it any better.
0: Have you heard about what the that you know the story behind that line? No. Movie? So the story goes that they couldn't figure out how to finish the film. Like like what he should stay in that moment. And so when they recorded it originally, they they had him do a couple of different takes. They had him kind of ad lib some different things. Uh, at one point, like it was the only f bomb in the movie. Uh, like there was, and then the, I think what they were leaning towards was him not saying anything. So, you know, Thanos says I am an inevitable and then you get cut to, you know, uh, Tony and the, you see the stones and he just kind of stares at him and kind of has a moment of pause and then, and snaps. And I, I forget who it was on the production side of things, but as they were putting everything together, He's like, you know he, he should really say, "I am Iron Man, <laughs> <to that. laughs> and like everybody in the room was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, that why didn't we think about that, yeah, and so they had to call Downey back in to re- redo that scene, which took some doing because he really didn't want to,
1: yeah, that's okay, I do remember hearing about that. he didn't want to go back to to film that line because he didn't want to get in the headspace of Iron Man at that moment, yeah. or something right, he'd yeah he
0: put him to bed, you know, he put him down, so it was kind of like that that <laughs> after closing such a huge chapter of his life. You know, to come back for one last uh last bit of it. But I gotta tell you, man, thank God he did, because that was the perfect way to end the twenty plus movies that was leading up to that one moment. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. This film, when I walked out, the only the only word that kept on popping up into my head over and over again was triumph, man. It was a fantastic triumph of a culmination of so many different amazing movies and characters and, and you know, congrats to Marvel and to even Disney. Yes, congrats to Disney for this. <laughs> They do deserve all the money, and I know that some of y'all are getting on to them about trying to just squeeze more money out so they can get a record, and why are we paying more money to the mouse? It's not just about the mouse, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sick and tired of Avatar being like the top-grossing film of all time. We have got to destroy this thing, man. We have got to get out there. So go see the movie again as soon as it's out in theaters, which should be by the time that you're, uh, that you're listening to this. Let's topple that record. It deserves it. Five out of five for me. Bell, where does it rank for you?
1: Yeah, I'm going to give it a. I'm have to give it a five out of five too. I have Absolutely. you know, yeah, they you know, I have issues with every movie, but like, I just the thing is though, it's I, I want to watch I want to watch Infinity War and Endgame back to back. That that's anytime I watch those movies from now on, I think that's how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to yeah. you know take an afternoon off and <laughs> just watch both back to back because I, I think that's how I would enjoy them the most.
0: You know what's interesting because now you know when I was a, when I was growing up and thinking about one day having a family. Yeah, you know, the thought was always like, how do I how do I introduce Star Wars to my kids? Like, what order of the films do I show them in? Um, and you know, in in many respects, you know, my kids have seen most of the Star Wars films and and they love Star Wars and all that kind of great stuff. But you know, these Marvel movies have really kind of hit that Star Wars level in terms of being such a a generational de- de- defining franchise. The snap of Infinity War is on par and maybe even. Well, it it is definitely on par with the "I am your father" twist in in Star Wars. There is a moment that hits you in a big way in in a, in a cinematic experience that does not exist in other movies. With both of these moments, and so you know, my kids are are they're they're still under the age of ten. They're not quite old enough for all of the Marvel films, but man, I can't wait to actually take them through you know movie to movie to movie. And it's going to be difficult to try to like keep them from some of those reveals, specifically the snap so that I can experience what that must be like for them and and watch that all over again. I was actually watching my youngest. Um, my, my oldest has actually seen Captain Marvel when, when that was out in theaters. And so she was telling her her sister about it. And so she wanted, we played the, the trailer and watching my youngest, uh, my youngest daughter watch, you know, the trailer for Captain Marvel and seeing all the stuff she can do and everything and just seeing her eyes go big, you know, like, those kind of re-seeing the movies through those eyes, I'm really looking forward to, man. Uh, but it's gonna be a long haul to be able to get them all the way to end
1: game. <laughs> yeah, that's uh oh gosh, what was it like forty something hours worth of movie? Yeah, it's a lot.
0: It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. But um anyway, it's worth it. It's amazing. Uh, great moments throughout. You know, let us know what your great what your favorite moments are. And hey, you know, we we mentioned it at the top of the show. The reason why we're able to bring this podcast to you today uh is because of our patrons. If you have not done so already, head over to patreon.com slash TV talk to learn how you can help support us uh to help make this podcast happen. You'll notice on there there is a kind of a goal that we need to hit before the flash cut returns to make sure that we are able to bring this show to you on time with the same level of quality, the same level of consistency. And of course that bell and bow chemistry that you have come to know, love or tolerate, whichever one <laughs> so, <laughs> one way or the other, if you love this show and you want to make, make sure it keeps happening for just a buck an episode, honestly, it goes a massive, massive amount of the way. So we'll have some more on that in uh, future panel screen episodes, which by the way, we've got a bunch of them coming your way. Captain Marvel, uh, Shazam, Shazam, we got Dark Phoenix. We got, we're going to do an Umbrella Academy. We got some great panel to screen episodes coming your way to get you through the summer. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us for this week. So for me, for Belle, for Bell's mom. Who are
1: you and where's the real bow? We did an entire in-game review and didn't once talk about time travel. Okay,
0: okay. okay. <laughs> hey, whoa, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. All right. So, so because bell as you recall we did marvel movie talk at the end of an episode of flash tv talk last season where we only talked about infinity or or the in-game time travel
1: yeah i guess i guess i just covered the
0: ground man we don't want to re. we won't you know we did it (laughs) we got there (laughs) we we, we did the thing we did the thing bye everybody (laughs) bye see y'all later That's not how time travel podcasts work.
1: (laughs) That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works.